Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. Wow, I hope you guys are doing very well. Uh, I'm joined here with my father, and we are going to discuss the news. So, the Texas governor, Abbott, rides on a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, he issued an executive order banning vaccine mandates by any entity. And I know you had some questions about how he could do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it also includes private employers. But, of course, in just the state of Texas, he's not crazy here. He can't do out of the state. And he speaks well of the COVID-19 vaccine. I think he was fully vaccinated and he still got COVID. Mm. So, you know, who knows what he's thinking there. So no entity in Texas can compel receipt of a COVID-19 vaccine by an individual, including an employer or a consumer who objects to such vaccination for any reason of personal conscience based on religious belief or for medical reasons, including prior recovery from COVID-19. Yeah, it presents a lot of questions for one thing. There's already many that have lost their jobs uh, for vaccine mandates and refusing to be vaccinated. So yeah. it sounds like maybe this is a little bit too late. <laughs> and even if, and, and you know, you wonder, okay, how does this get enforced? What would the Supreme Court say? How do you deal with a federal state issue? Is this under federal or state control? Yeah, so he's going to address this in the third special legislative session, three this year. Boy, you could have been there. Yeah, I could have been there and would have had more job security. Uh, Because normally if you work for the session, it ends in May. So it's January to May. That's not a long job. So then you're like, well, will there be a special session? That could help. Three this year. So something to think about. Well, they had to wait around for some Democrats to return. Yeah, they had to sit on their hands. <laughs> but yeah, the executive order will be rescinded upon the passage of such legislation. So if they create legislation, apparently that will rescind the executive order, mm. which is pretty interesting. So uh, yeah, this is obviously against Joe Biden's uh, September issuance of the, yeah, basically saying if a private company with over 100 employees um, does not either vaccinate have their workers vaccinated or tested weekly, they could face $13,600 fines per violation. So that's a lot of money. Mm. So if you didn't want to do it, it'd be hard to stay open as a business. And uh, Abbott, at the time, he had said that this is an assault on private businesses. Texas is working to halt this power grab. And, um, yeah, this is what the latest executive order GA40 reads, I guess that's Greg Abbott, Mm. 40, I don't know. Mm -hmm. In yet another instance of federal overreach, the Biden administration is now bullying many private entities into opposing COVID-19 vaccine mandates, causing workforce disruptions that threaten Texas's, oh, that's hard to say in a plural, continued recovery from the COVID-19 disaster. Countless Texans fear losing their livelihoods because they object to receiving a COVID-19 vaccination for reasons of personal conscience. And yeah, 
religious medical reasons and prior recovery from COVID-19. So that's how they're going to do it. But you are right. And, and by the way, this did not, uh, the a previous order that he had done didn't cover private businesses with regard to vaccine passports. But this is what you mentioned is so true to Governor Abbott. He does something and we all are like, yay, he did it. He's the best governor ever, way better than DeSantis. And then, like you said, too little, too late. A lot of nurses were let go in Texas. A lot of nurses because they didn't want the vaccine, which is ridiculous. And so then now he does this. And to tell me that, or if someone wants to tell me that he didn't have enough time, Mm. that's just not true. It's very interesting the number of days between Biden's order and Abbott's order. You know, just guessing around a month, but I don't know exactly. Yeah. But why did it take that long? There was the biggest story in the news when Biden did it, so everybody knew that. Maybe they've been trying to figure out legally what the best way to do this is. I, I don't know. I'm just curious. And was this kind of a political afterthought? Yeah, I think it was. And also it was a lot of people already lost their job. So if he does it now, a lot of people already lost their job. Mm. So it's not of much consequence anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not being threatened. I No one said to me, you have to get the vaccine or you won't be able to work where you work. So I'm fine. All the people that have been threatened are already out of their job. Mm. So this doesn't do anything. And that's so like Abbott. That's so him. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just all what looks like. And and just notice this. he You will never see him on the Tucker Carlson show on Fox News. Tucker is known for being pretty tough whenever he's talking to people. And uh, he, asks, he asks the questions that they don't want to be asked. Mm-hmm. He does not show up on his show for a reason. Yeah. So that that's, it's good news, but it's too late. Mm-hmm. Sadly. Well, I, I think it'll be interesting to find out if it is of any help to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, there probably are still some employers that are, you know, in the process. And will this change them in any way? Um, well, Basically, he's saying they're going to be breaking the law. So that means if you obey the federal, then you're breaking the state law. And if you obey the state law, you're breaking the federal law. So how do you deal with that? Either way, you're breaking the law, baby. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so it's making us all criminals here, Mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, I'm used to being that. Mm -hmm. So... There is a part of that $3.5 trillion Build Back Better Act. Um, it's 2,500 pages. So mm-hmm. imagine trying to read that as quickly as you could. And it's not like interesting stuff. It's not like the Hunger Games. It's not interesting. It's not double-spaced. No, no. Um, yeah, you're right. Probably very tiny font. Mm-hmm. Hidden in that is something kind of scary. And it's not interesting and it's not, ooh, this is juicy information, but it affects you. So basically, they 
this would help the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, to grow their powers. And they could access any bank transaction of $600 or more. That is a huge deal. Mm. So we always hear things like, it's not a big deal because we, we're only focusing so-and-so policy on the, the billionaires, the top 1%. So then we always feel, okay, well, at least it's just them. Mm. And then I always notice that that never seems to happen. They never seem to lose any money. And they always say stuff like this. Mm. And Obama was president for eight years, but this stuff never seems to happen. And I'm not saying I want it to. I don't. But I just notice they never seem to be hurt. They always seem to be fine. Uh, whenever they always claim that those are the only people that are going to be affected. It's always mm. us. It's always us that are. And so you're going to tell me only the top 1% and only billionaires make bank transactions of $600 or more. That's kind of an insult to people like me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have $600, you know, I'm not wealthy, but I have $600. Mm. And so they're going to track me. I'm not the 1%. The truth of the matter is for the kind of money that they want to spend and therefore raise through tax revenue, the 1% will never be enough and it will be all of us. Mm -hmm. And I heard someone on the radio this morning say that the reason why they're doing that is so that they can have a mechanism for knowing how much was transferred. And that just for them to be able to know it so that when they put these laws into place, then they can take your money, basically. They can tax it, tax transactions. Yeah, and it's obviously creating more of a surveillance state Mm -hmm. where these government officials have more information. They have more eyes on this. And for anyone that thinks this is good, you are sorely mistaken. And don't think it'll just stop at $600. Oh, we're going to make it 500 now. Mm-hmm. Although we're going to make it 300. Now every dollar mm-hmm. that you spend can be tracked. Uh, yeah, people don't typically like the IRS. They're going to have a lot more power than they did before. Now, Senator Rick Scott from Florida, he was uh, talking about this. He said, how can you possibly justify to the American people that the IRS should be snooping around in their bank retirement and or investment accounts? There is only one explanation. And it's simply terrifying. The Democrats want to control how you spend your money. Mm. Mm. And then uh, to continue, I want to be very clear what President Joe Biden's proposing here is as close to policy from communist China that we've seen in the United States. In oppressive regimes like Cuba and communist China, we've come to expect the surveillance state where the government has access to every part of a person's life. Now Joe Biden wants to bring that to America. And it's just so crazy because... There's a $3.5 trillion infrastructure plan, and it's supposedly going to cost us nothing because they're going to increase the taxes to the the rich and the wealthy, so we won't have to worry about anything. So no matter what it costs, it will still never cost us anything, is their logic, Mm. uh, which is psychotic to me. And you see these packages, and supposedly it's supposed to benefit us with health care, blah, 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 just all these things. Child care. Yes, yes. Free college? For, uh, yeah, free community college for for illegal immigrants. Mm. But not for American citizens. No, mm. heaven forbid that. And then they pack in this as well. 
And you never assume that something like that is going to be packed in there unless you know the way these people work. And most of the American people, I'm not trying to act like they're dumb. They just don't care. Mm. They care more about, um, oh, that's a cool song that came out. Oh, Olivia, whatever, Rodrigo. Oh, Ariana Grande. So awesome. Did you see uh, that new show on Netflix? Tiger King? Wow, so cool. Oh, he deserves to go to jail for the rest of his life. Oh, and all this stuff is happening. And you're basically saying to the gover- uh, the people in government, me stupid, me just care about momentary pleasure while you steal me whole life away. Mm-hmm. Ha ha, feed me, feed me entertainment, feed me good food. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the phrase that's come to my mind in recent days is partying on the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, you, you think in real life, I guess they were partying on the Titanic. Looking back historically, that looks really stupid, you know, because we know what was about to take place. However, at the time, they were unaware, so it just seems normal, natural to be partying. And I think that's the way we are as a country right now. We're on a sinking ship, and we're unaware and ignorant, as you just described. And so for, you know, for many, it just makes sense to still just party on the Titanic. And they're working together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the people in government that want to destroy this country and the people in charge of entertainment, they're working together. Mm-hmm. And they know that they can't just have the people in government go and appeal. They're not entertaining. They're not appealing people, typically. So they have the people in entertainment do that and handle all that for them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they and it is it is not just the young people. I'm not trying to criticize the young people. It is every age group. Mm-hmm. It's the 50-year-olds. It's the 60-year-olds. They're all doing it. And they're not paying attention to the fact that they think they're living it up so good right now. And like you said, it's a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. It is just a reality, and I don't want that either. Like, for example, right now, we are buying Christmas gifts for each other, for the family. It's way too early to do that. We never do it this early. The The shelves on the stores are emptying out. Things are not coming back in stock. And it's not that the goods aren't being made. They actually are being made. But there's, there's issues with getting the stuff brought in. Mm. Supply chain. Supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. And it, that is affecting our everyday life. The gas prices are higher than they've ever been in seven years. Mm. And it doesn't look like the gas prices are stopping. For all you people that think that Trump was so stupid and he had his mean tweets and he killed our country. I, yeah, on CNN, George Clooney was criticizing Trump. He did mm. an interview about criticizing Trump. Uh, how about we pay attention to what's happening right now in this country? Because Joe Biden hasn't fixed a thing. He really hasn't. If he actually had, I I would be honest and say, okay, well, I have to admit he's done that. Okay, yeah, he hasn't tweeted like Trump. But that's not helping my life. Mm. It's not making a difference in my life. Or your future. No, it's not helping me. And and the, the policies that Trump was enacting was helping me in a lot of ways. So he's screwing us up, but we're being stupid. And we continue to do it. 
and yeah, it, it's not just young people, but young people, they, they're not, they don't have a right to be as ignorant as they are. Mm. Just because you're young doesn't mean you have to be ignorant. So it, it is, it's disappointing. Mm. Um, yeah, did you have a comment? Just uh, how dangerous it is to live in a country with an ignorant electorate. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we are so subject to deception or superficialities. Uh, the press, you know, the press, obviously their intentions are not good, but they can pull it over on so many people because of their ignorance. You know, it's really easy to deceive Americans because they're stupid, mm -hmm. you know, or, I don't know, ignorant, stupid. It, mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is um, voluntary ignorance. Yeah. In other words, they've chosen to be ignorant by not wanting to pay attention to things, not wanting to learn about things, and not wanting to focus on things. Even our best and brightest, mm -hmm. um, Jen Saku, talking to a reporter, the reporter's talking about inflation uh negative effects mm. on americans and she's saying just basic goods you know gas uh, items that you purchase in a store inflation is happening and so what does jen Saki say jen Saki just counters it all uh no there's job growth well all this stuff blah 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 and that's why biden is trying to make free health care that's why biden's trying to make free daycare uh free child care and hey there's inflation and mm. she's like, and by the way, people don't know what inflation is. Inflation is the price of things going up. And she's like, she talks down to us. Mm. And in a way, we kind of deserve it because right. we have we have shown them that we're that stupid, sadly. And that, hey, we said that there's inflation on goods and gas. How about you answer that? Mm. Well, you know, free child care. <laughs> Politics is the art of deception. Oh, yeah. And... That's all they're doing is they're practicing their art. Yeah, they're really good at it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think that there's some of this being done as well with the issue of Southwest pilots. And um, a lot of these pilots did not come in for work, and they missed a lot of flights. What was the number? I think it was like eight over... Yesterday it said 1,000. Uh, yeah, I know like there's been 800 hundreds more. or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, tons of flights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, it canceled over 800 flights on Saturday and more than 1,000 yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, representing 28% of all flights scheduled for Sunday. And Southwest blamed air traffic control issues, a staffing shortage, and disruptive weather. Uh, no other airlines seem to have problems. That one point that you said, staffing shortage. But they're trying to hide that, Dad. Why might that be? The vaccine mandate. So exactly. after Southwest decided last week to implement a vaccine mandate, pilots in Dallas for Southwest's base planned a sick out to protest the rule. The pilots union has denied any organized strike, but did warn the airline that required pilot, uh, requiring pilots to get vaccinated could lead to flight disruptions. Uh, I read, you know, CNN talking about the same thing. They didn't mention the vaccine mandate at all. Mm. They just keep on saying staffing shortages. Well, 800 flights and then... Uh, on Saturday, a thousand flights on Sunday. That's mm. a little more than a staffing shortage. You know, the interesting thing is the numbers of COVID are just crashing. Down, oh, yeah. And that doesn't seem to matter to anybody. Which we should be happy about mm -hmm. that, you know. But that doesn't slow them down one bit. 
nope. as to these mandates, as to these firings. You know, the fact that COVID is less and less a threat every day, but that doesn't matter. And and the other thing is, I'm happy. I'm happy that pilots are saying no. Mm-hmm. And although it does stink that people miss their flights, the implications of this are so much larger mm-hmm. than a flight being missed. This is mm-hmm. our freedom. And I so respect these pilots for doing that. And I wish that more people would do this as well, would stand up against these mandates. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you want to make us get the vaccine? Mm-hmm. then how about you lose a lot of money and become unreliable and lose your reputation for not having flights mm-hmm. for canceling last minute? Mm-hmm. How about that? So I, I so respect them for what they're doing. You know, and it's interesting. Um, I'm assuming that Southwest is headquartered in Texas. I think so. Yeah. How does what governor Abbott just did affect them? Interesting. And you know, all these pilots that are, knowing that their final days are approaching and that they don't want to be vaccinated. Um, they just got supposed support from the governor of Texas and that he's outlawing Southwest airlines from requiring them to be uh, yeah, vaccinated. They're using their sick days and right. with sick days, you could pile up a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I have a ton of sick days right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then if you just got to use them all, you know, and that's always looked down upon to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, but in, in this instance, it's a good thing. Mm. It's a peaceful resistance, mm-hmm. and I think that's maybe what we are in need of today. Definitely so. And then um, I'll play a little bit of this because it was actually really good. It is uh, Dan Crenshaw, House Representative from Texas, and. You remember the Facebook whistleblower? Mm-hmm. Um, she was, you know, speaking about the the trouble of Facebook and social media. And I thought it was kind of stupid, too, what she was talking about. But I thought he had really good analysis on it. So I thought I'd play this. Big news last week was this Facebook whistleblower. I have some thoughts. First things first, I think it's important to point out, I'm not exactly sure what whistle was being blown in this case. Um, The teenage body image problem, uh, the teenage depression problem, the teenage problem of comparing yourself to others and feeling bad, that has been with humanity for as long as humanity has ever existed. (laughs) It is indeed part of the human condition. And before Facebook, it was Teen Vogue. It was glossy magazines. It was TV. Um, it was everything. Uh, it, it is a problem. It's not a problem that should be ignored. Parents should have the tools uh, they need and the transparency they need to be able to prevent it and deal with their kids. But I kept seeing headlines over and over again from the media that said something along the lines of, you can't even tell the difference between Democrats and Republicans on this issue. It's like everybody's mad at big tech and they're all on the same page. No, we're not. We're not on the same page. It's important to distinguish how Republicans think about this and how Democrats think about this. And to the extent that Republicans have been messaging this the same way Democrats have, they should stop because you're giving Democrats the opening they need to open Pandora's box to censorship and stop social media as we know it, which, by the way, is what gives conservatives such a big advantage against the mainstream media. So here's how we think about it differently. The left thinks Facebook is a threat ever since 2016, ever since Trump won in 2016, Facebook is a threat to the left. Why? Because it allows us to talk to each other, allows us to make our points heard. 
um, they want more control and they're using this whistleblower uh, as a way to justify that control, to justify that censorship. Because they're like, what do conservatives care about? Conservatives care about kids being bullied. Uh, so let's try and make them agree with us on this. But here's the thing, it's a pretty short step from saying, look, we need to protect your kids from bullying. We need to protect your kids from seeing things that they shouldn't see. It's a pretty short step from that to, we need to protect you, the, citizens, the citizenry, from misinformation. We need to protect you from things that are untrue, from misinformation. We need to help you get fact-checked. Uh, we need to help you know what is correct. See, it's a pretty short step. Here's how else you know that this Facebook whistleblower is disingenuous. Uh, first of all, big Democrat donor. Okay, first of all, uh, associated with a lot of the Democrat operatives, the mainstream ones that you would know, um, including Jen um, Psaki's previous firm. Um, the other thing about it was, which was interesting, was when asked what we should do about this, she never offered up some kind of change to regulation, regulation that would be applied neutrally, not dependent on what kind of uh, politics you're from. She basically said that she should be in charge. I mean, her, her words exactly were, you, you, you need... A, a department in the executive branch, a regulation oversight body that looks directly over these social media companies. And so, and then she said, so someone like me could be in charge of it and basically tell them what to do. That's not neutrally applied law, okay? That's just giving the Democrats what they want to be able to make social media companies do what they want. And we cannot fall for it. This was a big trick played on everybody. And I think we need to recognize, as, recognize it as such. See, when conservatives complain about social media, yeah, there's bipartisan outrage, but for totally different reasons. Conservatives want less censorship. And even the conservatives that have, I, I, I think, been messaging this wrong, uh, we still fall on the same place when it comes to policy. And that policy is taking a scalpel to Section 230 and making sure that liability protections are removed when social media companies are deliberately biased against someone for say their political beliefs or other things. That's the kind of reforms we need. It's less censorship, not more. Yeah, that was amazing. Mm, that's great. And you know, cause I think probably the, what could have happened was for me personally, I just see the clips of this blonde lady, this whistleblower. And I listened to a little bit of what she says and it's just like, yeah, like Facebook is like hurting like teenagers because it's making them think that they're not beautiful. And I think like, oh, this is harmless. Um, I didn't actually realize that mm. she was saying all that. She was saying, no, someone like me should be in charge. Like, no, that that's not going to fix a thing. Yeah, more censorship, biased, you know, one-sided, um, partial, you know, not impartial, um, <laughs> censorship, so... Yeah, yeah, and that that is that is what is going to kill social mm -hmm. media, and mm -hmm. uh, because people like Ben Shapiro do extremely well, the Babylon Bee, mm. uh, yeah, all these people they do really well on social media, and they don't like that. They don't like that one bit. So, um, okay, let's go to the verse Psalm one twenty one, verse seven: The Lord shall preserve you from all evil; He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. God preserving us mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, preserving makes me think of protecting, but obviously there's a huge difference there. And each action that we make, and we, we do make mistakes, and then we make good choices as well. Um, 
and we we give God the glory whenever he walks through us. But God is there no matter what, and he's He's right beside us. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what that makes me think. What about you, Dad? It'd be interesting to see it in some different versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the words, uh, maybe he keeps us, maybe he saves us, um, as opposed to preserve. <clears throat> so there's an aspect of protection there and keeping us unviolated. Um, you think of preserves you eat for breakfast. <laughs> uh, so this was fruit that was preserved. And, and NIV, do you want to hear NIV? Sure. Uh, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The mm-hmm. Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So we've got keep and watch over mm-hmm. as opposed to preserve. And will keep you from all harm. Mm-hmm. So those are... Um, you know, I think a little bit easier to relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, I think uh, that is God's desire and his promise to us if we would seek that and open our hearts to that. Um, if we think that we don't need it, if we think that we can take care of ourselves, that is when we fall. Yeah, so true. And we don't need that. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And if you have enough hair, put it in a ponytail just so it's safe. All right. Have a good one.